You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Oh. We back. There we go. <laughs> New tradition starting and ending. It'll be a Gungan sandwich on episodes. Uh, not only are we back for another episode we sit back for 2024 welcome seth hello hello uh, hello hello happy new year matt mm-hmm. and to all of our yeah. listeners and watchers out there i got to uh experience tw- I, I've, I've lived more 2024 than you have at this point because of the time zone difference so i consider, I consider you a myself- wiser man right now exactly i'm a veteran uh, of the year <laughs> Uh, which is important because, like, those extra seven hours proportionally are pretty high when we're only a few days into the year. But this is true. No one cares about that. <laughs> I don't think. You know what the people care about, Seth? Winning. Yes, epic winning. In <laughs> epic the words winning. of my idol Charlie Sheen, epic winning. <laughs> um, and the way you win is by listening to to Bombad Generals and learning about turn negative one. Yes. Yeah, we and took a we took about. a break. Yeah, yeah, we're going back to our regular series uh, on the battle cards. Um, I did really enjoy. I, I did have a good time uh, on our last episode. So if people skipped it for whatever reason, I, I'd say go back if you want yeah, list was, ideas. Yes, it was a good Life Day celebration about gifts and um, the spirit of Life Day. It was, it was really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten a chance to play since uh, Seth ghosted me. On the, he t- told me after that podcast, oh, I'll be pretty free if you want to get a game in the week after Christmas. And I think I messaged you like Boxing Day or something to try to set something up that week. Well, Probably. let me look. Let me look. I, I really got to throw I, you under the bus um, here. Do it. Please do. Uh, it would have been your the morning of uh, December 27th for you that you received the message. Uh, Seth ghosted me. Uh, that's okay because honestly, I was busy with other stuff in the end just chilling enjoying life so uh i haven't gotten a chance to test out those lists that uh, we talked about but it's still on my to-do list because i do think they were there were some spice in there yes from both sides yes um but again that's not what no, that's not what we're talking about today seth what what three battle cards do we have lined up yeah so we're actually going to talk about three very unique very awesome battle cards major offensive Minefield and Vaps are actually not that unique because there's not a big variety of battle cards, but this is what I mean eight one of eight. They make up twelve and a half percent of all the yeah. battle cards. That's not that much. No. Um I feel yeah. like I we should we should leave Vaps for the end. That's gonna yes. there's gonna be a rant in there probably. Um <laughs> a good rant. Maybe all start with the second spiciest, which is minefield. My question yes. to you, when was the last time you played a game of Minefield, Seth? It's probably early 2023. Okay. So about last year. So about a about year. About a year. Well, yeah. yeah, okay. Honestly, I don't remember the last time I played a game of Minefield. Maybe I played one in I think it was against right you that I played really? it. Yes, I think we was were it in my for deck? Worlds. Yes, I think you were prep- we were prepping for Worlds, and you were doing... Uh, I think I was playing Blizzard Force and you were playing Double Darks. Okay, this makes sense because you don't. Do you don't usually run Minefield, do you? No, 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 no. Yeah, and so I it was basically never run Minefield. My deck. It must have been in your deck because Speeder List. I wouldn't want you? it because Impact. I don't want yeah. crit impacts. 
Um, yes, that's right. I brought it. Oh, and actually, that that does remind me. I played Minefield also before Worlds against Blizzard with Double Darks when I was playing. Um, I played a, a prep game against Kyle because mm-hmm. that was when Kyle was like just off of his um, LVO win with yes. Blizzard. And then they were like, oh, we're not going to nerf Blizzard still. And everyone was like, oh, darn. And we were just discovering the power of darks. So we were yes. both trying to learn, like, if you take the regular awesome Blizzard force and put that against dark troopers, um, is it is impact 10 or whatever enough to deal with them? And then we it found out the answer was no, no. Uh, dark troopers were really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that was also a minefield game. Yes. Um, so yeah, I guess so it's been about of... a year. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I've played it more recently than I thought. It's just one that, I don't know, I feel like I don't encounter it mm-hmm. a whole lot uh, just because I never put it in my deck, so that's already a, a decent amount of games that it's not going to show up in. Yes. Um, but that kind of gives us an idea of where it does show up, which I would guess, I would say is mainly speeder lists because they're repulsors that don't, trigger bombs and it makes it hard for an enemy gun line to move up towards you yeah um, see like speeder list or like double aa5 lists true because they still they're hover ground so they're still repulsors um that wouldn't trigger the mines or they can now well with the crb changed you can uh they can overlap it now and no one gets uh, line of sight to it, so that's good because that was right. a big change that came with the CRB yeah. before they were like objective tokens that you couldn't overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I, I think maybe another reason why I don't remember Minefield all that much is because a lot of the time it just feels a little inconsequential, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah. Sometimes it's very consequential. For example, in that game against Kyle, when I had, it was Breakthrough, and I was trying to send all my chaff around the outside. What? Look at the first episode of this series if you want to, t- if you want to know about how to play Breakthrough against a speeder list, because that's what I was doing. I was in the middle of the board, his units were off to my right, and I was trying to send all the weak stuff around left. There was one bomb there, and like round one, it was like, you know, Mortar, dodge move, doesn't trigger the bomb. Mortar, dodge move, nothing. Shore, dodge move, nothing. Other shore, dodge move, nothing. Uh, officer, dodge move, nothing. First activation of the next round, uh, double explosion, and it hit Ugh. everything twice. That's rough. And so it's very min maxi sometimes, yeah. but usually towards the minimum side, I find. Yeah, um, I agree. Which is probably why it's not super memorable. For me. Yeah, they do have blast. They've all. got impact, surge to crit. Um, you know what? I will take back one thing actually, as far as speeder list. I'll add, or I'll add a list. I'll add a list to the list. Good, good wordsmithing there. Um, I'll add a, a eight hundred point army to the list of armies that would potentially take it, which is uh, situational dodge spam. I would say. Okay, I, yeah, I can see that because. You know, back when I was playing Pikes, I probably actually ran Minefield because you start with a Bilgeolian dodges, you walk onto a mine, and if it explodes, eh, whatever. Two crits, okay, I dodge it. Or very, very worst case, you know, you can always. Here, well, well, I guess we'll kind of get into tricks. You can 
it, depending where you the mines are placed, you can use an LOS blocker, or maybe not even, you don't even necessarily need an LOS blocker, but ideally, you can LOS block so that only one guy can see the mine. Yep. Because mine tokens, it's reverse LOS, so it's from the unit to the token. So you don't have to get on the table and like try to see what the token can see. <laughs> um, if only one guy can see it, you can only suffer one wound. Yeah. So if the mine double explodes and it gets two natty crits and you roll two blanks, you just remove that guy yep. and then the second explosion, it doesn't hit you. That's the ideal form. That's ideal. Now, yes. let's say it's let's say that happens. Um, you can't stay out of LOS. Still, it's nice to only put the one guy in because then if you take a wound, you just pull him out and everything's good. Mm -hmm. It can kind of suck if you forward cohere a guy and then the mine doesn't kill him because then maybe your enemy comes and shoots him. Uh, yes. So just kind of read the situation, Yeah, I would sure. say, on that one. Um, but that's just another way as a gun line to kind of try and make the mines feel inconsequential. And then you're kind of just down to, does it explode, does it not explode? And honestly, you kind of want them to explode. If I could just have every mine explode the first time I triggered it, I'd be so much happier. That'd be ideal, yeah. Yeah, because you would just... As as the as the player who wants to get the mines out of the way the quickest, I just want to hey, send a random guy in, mine sweep, boom, done, whatever. Yeah. Now on the opposite side, when placing mines, mm -hmm. I would say try not to put them by line of sight blockers, so exactly. that your opponent cannot do that. Um, and I try to put them not necessarily right um, near their deployment. I think a lot of the time, you know, people put them close enough to the deployment that. You can easily trip them turn one, and yep. turn one, you might not be taking many shots from the opponent anyways, so you can kind of dodge up and take yeah. your time and it doesn't hurt you. Um, versus if you have it, you know, let's say it's an intercept game or something, I don't know, key positions. Mm -hmm. If you have it up close to that middle objective, but kind of on their side, then they can't trip it without getting close to you. Um, so that's good. So they don't really want to trip it early if they're range controlling. But then when they actually need to rush the middle, then they have to go through the mine and then maybe it has a bit more consequence. It's, it's just you're trying to make it so that the mines, whenever they get tripped, it has consequences. Yes. Yeah. So why don't you take it, Matt? Like, why would I want to take it these days? I don't know. I play... I haven't played situational spam in a while. Um, so with, you know, with pikes, obviously, or situational clones, great. With like the Yoda clones that I was just playing, it's, it's really only going to hurt me. I'm actually, that's another point I want to bring up. It has a lot of scout, that list. And if you have a list with a ton of scout, you probably don't want mines either because they can be triggered off of deployment. Mm -hmm. And in something like the Yoda list, especially, you don't have your dodge tokens in deployment. You don't have your surge tokens. If you deploy carefully, you could have guardian and barrier, but then you're using those like before the game even starts, yeah. which is not ideal. And again, you're rolling red normal saves versus red surging. Um, so if you have a list that really wants to scout up and go hard, I would suggest against... Uh, something like minefield. I'd agree with that. But there have been times I've tripped, I've purposely tripped uh, mines in deployment because I have like, I don't know, a Rebels and Chewie or whatever mm -hmm. and put Chewie down, 
he just guardians if it if it blows up and then i can kind of not worry about it in the game that's fair that's fair now like do you think for me for minefield for me it's like it's it's very reliant on dice and my opponent could have like really like dice that favors them and then Mm -hmm. like i have dice that like doesn't favor me on a minefield so i just try not to take it yeah because okay yeah like it's not like it's not it's not a reliable like condition for Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like supply drop which we'll probably i guess we'll we'll talk about in a future episode where it it the the balance on which it helps or hinders both players is kind of random yes and sometimes that's good for you and a lot of times that's not necessarily good for you so for me i think a lot of the time it's it's how much confidence do you have in yourself for me i have a lot of confidence in myself that you know i can probably get a skill advantage in a, a decent number of games and if i have the skill advantage I want less randomness because all, a lot of what randomness does is it shrinks that advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, if we stand here and we flip a coin, there's no, we could have all the skill in the world and it doesn't matter. It's just yeah. whoever, whatever the coin happens to come up, assuming it's no one's cheating and it's unweighted. Um, but yeah, that's what variance does. It, it shrinks that gap. Uh, and I don't like that happening, but I guess I still take, um, well, I don't actually take. Well, that's that's a that's a thing for another. That when we get to a supply drop, we'll talk about that one. I like supply drop, but we'll talk about that. Later. I think I, I take supply drop a lot more than minefield, just because I think it's it's kind of controllable variance more yeah, in a sense. And minefield's kind of like that too. If you can control the variance, and that's what situational spam does, or speeders or whatnot, you can kind of control. Hey, if if the dice go crazy, that's fine. I don't I don't really care. Yeah. I guess too the other thing with minefield is they have to go range two apart from one another. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of place your and you go one, you alternate. So depending how you place, it's pretty easy to kind of hem one of them out of the game from the get go. It's not too unusual to have like one one of each player's minds unexploded by the end of the game yeah i can see that so yeah i mean i haven't played a ton of minefield with snipers since the um well i guess it it doesn't really change with the new the new crb honestly but that's another way maybe to to use mines is just if they've got snipers try to put it in sniping nests where they might kind of be alone and not be able to clear the mine and now it's like i don't want to go snipe there but i guess that would have been same pre-crb and I don't know if it ever was really effective at that. So maybe I'm just making things up. So you're talking about like as a counter to those lists, not necessarily as a counter to those lists. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you have minefield or something and you're placing your mines, um, maybe try to put it where you think they're going to have a lone sniper flanking you uh, or something like that. Cause if they take a wound from the, the mine, it's going to be a lot more annoying for that sniper who they're going to be much more exposed. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for Minefield. Yeah, I think that's it. It's, eh, take it if you want. It's kind of one of those that after you put in two or three conditions, you're kind of thinking, eh, do I want to spend my last condition card on Minefield? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. But kind of, it's kind of always for me like fifth or sixth, probably. Yeah, never quite, make, quite makes the cut, but it's always, it's, it's not, it's never really the worst. 
Yeah. Um, major offensive. Here, I'll do the screen share again. I think the people spoke and they said they loved it. And I'm definitely <laughs> not making spoke. that up. I'm not making that up at all. Um, the people spoke. I would spoke. never do that. Yeah, they said, Matt, you're very good looking. And we need I to like, call like, our you... fans like a, a, uh, like the Gungans. The Gungans, yeah. Um, I think that's that's that would be it. The I was gonna say the boyos, but I want to be gender inclusive, so yeah, we'll, that's we'll figure that another time. We'll talk yeah. about major events. No, I think we need to stop the podcast right now <laughs> uh, and figure it out. But um, major offensive, you get halfway up the table on your nearest side. Um, and you get range one across that side, bottom right. Basically, you're deploying in your respective bottom right corners. And a, a quarter of the way up the table, range three, you get a little range three box. Yeah. So you have like this kind of L thing going on. The corners of the deployment zone at that range three box happen to be the exact spots where you set up um, intercept points as well. They're the two non-central intercept points if you happen to be playing that game. So it speeds up setup time a bit. Uh, what do you have to say about major offensive, Seth? Uh, first thing, it looks like my home state, Oklahoma. Yeah, that so is true. I call, I call it the Represent. Oklahoma. Uh, but um, what's the what's the range from the corners? So like from the... Oh, you're asking me to do trigonometry. Yes, um, I think it's about see. range three. It's just over range three. Here, let me do some math here because that, that side is going to be range two three. and that's going to be range three. So two a squared plus B squared equals C squared. <laughs> Remember that. That's, a, that's just geometry. That's not trigonometry. Trigonometry is, I mean, isn't that just geometry with triangles? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I. It's been a long time since I studied uh, anything. 13. Square root of 13 is going to be like three and a bit. Yeah. Kind of so just over range three. three. Or so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on both, on both corners. So I, I like this. If you're really good at like range control, like it has some mm -hmm. cool, like range control tricks that you could do. Um, it's not like there's not like a lot of tricks I would say like that this like I feel rings. like I make a lot of use of different spots in the deployment yeah. zone on major offensive depending on what the game is because sometimes you do That's go true. in that um, very central location sometimes uh -huh. you're kind of in that uh, on the corner of the box I find myself more in the central location generally yes I think yeah. I would agree there just because like we always talk about like wanting to be in the middle of the board mm-hmm I think the the thing I like about major offensive is it kind of it gives you options. So you yeah. could go from the middle upwards, or you could go, you know, from the the tip of your your box where that intercept point is, and left. Yeah, and it's, so I think yeah, it's it's not too far. It's it's a little closer if you go from the middle, but depending yeah. on how the terrain is, you might kind of you you've got decent options on how to attack the middle while staying in cover yeah. or out of line of sight. Yeah, this is a very flexible, I think it's a very good, like, deployment card for, like, a slower game, like, intercept or key positions. Mm -hmm. um, because it gives you options. If you want to be aggressive up front, you can do that. But if you want to, like, just hang back and still just, like, slow roll it, you can also do that. And it gives you very flexible um, deployment options for that. 
Yeah, and I think too, games often feel pretty good on Major Offensive because I think we discovered pretty early as a community that if you kind of imagine Major Offensive as the deployment and set up terrain with that in mind, basically you kind of set it up assuming that bottom right to top left angle because that's the yes. most common angle in the game. If you kind of set terrain up on that angle, it's the most useful as far as um, being, you know, being usable to get behind, pop out, kind of use for cover or stay out of LOS. And it's just generally, um, I'd say the train is, is favorable versus something like battle lines because of angles of terrain and angles of deployment. It's It can be hard not to get flanked. Yeah. Uh, major offensive, I think, it's e a little easier to prevent flanks just because of mm -hmm. how the terrain is often set up. And I don't think that's like a mistake. I think I think that's actually a good way to make tables because that bottom left to top, bottom right to top left line is so common. Um, it just so happens that major offensive is kind of the epitome of that. So it it really likes it when you set up terrain like that. But I think it's still a good method of terrain setup to be clear. Yeah. So I think a lot of people like it's like battle lines, like that's the most basic deployment. But like, I mean, measuring wise, yes. But like, I think how the game operates, this is the most basic deployment. Correct. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. If I'm doing like a learning game, I'll do battle lines because it's just like, yeah, take a ruler and deploy there. Um, but from a, a tactics perspective, I think that's kind of like the vanilla. And when I when I'm on other deployments, if I'm running, you know, often I'll, I'll try to kind of deploy like it was major offensive in a way, getting those same angles. Mm -hmm. But we, it sounds like we both like it, which is yeah, not like always it. a, um, sometimes we have some disagreement because of the, the kind of lists we like to run, the speeders guy mm -hmm. and the gun lines guy. So clearly we're both getting, um, we, we both find things we like. Do you, so you included in your Yoda, your I Yoda actually, tree list? I do not. I don't. Okay, it. so you like it, but it doesn't make the cut. That I like it, but like it's too vanilla for me for how I operate. I don't want a vanilla game. Oh, well, that's where we're different. That's, that's why we're going to talk about VAPS. <laughs> I do have VAPS in my in my bag. Yes, because you you don't make it vanilla, but that's just a, that's just a teaser. I love yes. vanilla. I love <laughs> vanilla in a sense. I'm always talking about spicy, but I like See, I, yeah, I like it's more of like so a, it's. Vanilla is the base to, on which you can build other ice creams, right? You start with vanilla, and then you add stuff into there. You can add, I don't know, I add peanut butter, chocolate, and strawberry, cups. and then you've got that's Neapolitan, or you add in some mints Ooh, or Neapolitan, other Neapolitan. That's that's a debate. Do you start off with the vanilla and Neapolitan, or do you that's fair, fair, or okay, chocolate? just like other stuff, cookies and cream. Yeah. You kind of start yeah, with the vanilla, you, you add in the cookies, cookies and cream, goaded, yeah. great ice cream. Um, tough to okay. find gluten free. Uh, that's the problem, because cookies obviously d uh, difficult. Um, but that's that's why I like it. I like having yeah. a vanilla kind of deployment because then it allows me to build upon it with with the lists and uh, the gameplay. That's that's my defense of that. But yeah, it's not necessarily because of I think what I was saying with the flanking and terrain. It's not necessarily ideal for speeders it feels like but it's not the worst i guess because you kind of i'll go back to that uh, thing you can kind of come around 
from your box to their central spot or vice versa if need be so you have the, both options to flank if you want yeah but but it's, it's not it's great it's harder to flank mm-hmm. yeah i think that's, that's it fair. for major that's offensive fair. i think that's yeah exactly like i don't it's i think it's rarely a wrong choice for major offensive um but again we'll talk about we kind of talked about this with battle lines one of the things about battle lines is you start far apart but it shoves the objectives close yeah. With major offensive, you can keep the objectives very far away if you want. Yeah. Um, you know, you can put it in this panhandle and you've got a lot of it's a bit closer to your enemy, but you've got a lot of uh you guns behind it. Really it well. your, your whole, yeah. And and then you can put one like really close to just the, the short edge of the board as well if you yes. want. And it's hard for them to get to. I think it's the only department where you can actually go like full into the board. Yeah. Like for VAPs or something, where like advanced positions you can't um, mm-hmm. But this one, yeah, you could put touching touching the board edge if you wanted for sure. Yeah, I find that this is a very tough objective for like secret mission as well. I mean, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, tough. Your best chance is probably if your opponent does what we sometimes do and deploys very centrally. Yep. Then maybe you can sneak into the side, kind of yep. going the long way around. But it's there are better deployments to do that yeah. for sure. For sure. Alrighty, the time is the time is coming. Time I forget. Do we do we show VAPS? Ah, whatever. People can read the VAPS card. They know what it's. They know what VAPS does. People don't <laughs> like VAPS. Why don't people like VAPS? Is it? It goes back to the vanilla thing, doesn't? Okay, it? so this is this is why. Okay, so people hate tiebreakers. I hate tiebreakers. No one likes tiebreakers, and you can tiebreak very easily on this game. Yeah. So, I think there's been a lot of people have. I want to say that they don't like playing it. They just may have issues with it. I think and they find it very slow, slow. and it emphasizes the, um, you kind of get punished for aggression sometimes in a, yes. a lot of the time in Legion. And like VAPS is a good example of that because it often tie breaks. Kill points are very important. Mm-hmm. And the person who makes the first move who has to be aggressive often loses more stuff. Yeah, so it's the people don't like this attacker defender dynamic. Yeah, and those people are losers. I love VAPS. I love VAPS. <laughs> and I VAPS think we both awesome. love VAPS for different for reasons. different reasons, which yes. is really cool. So you've put it this way before. You said VAPS is like the epitome of like high level legion. I think I've heard yeah, you say that. Yeah, I, I might have said that. Sure, I'll say it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I can you, believe I, that. I want you to explain why. Cool. Um, VAPS, yes. It's funny that you mentioned that because that also makes me think I said at one point like um, key positions or something is where you can see some of the most technical end games in Legion. So that's also very high level. Um, but I think VAPS is very high level Legion because it's very much a game of marginal advantages and positioning. And maybe we've drifted away a little bit from that. Legion used to be much more marginal. And you would get a small advantage and then try to build on it and snowball and such. Whereas these days, it's just like, one shot, one shot, <laughs> if, if, if you want it to be. Yeah. Here, I have clones with five Fire aims support. and may, maybe more and, you know, 20 dice. Boom. Um, it, there, there can be a lot of that. Uh, but even stuff like that, if you want to get a big fire support off, it's about careful positioning and seizing your moment. 
And I think that's what VAPS is, because if you're not careful, the moment can certainly pass you by. And this gets into why I think people talk too badly about VAPS, because when they talk about the whole, oh, uh, you know, attacker, you know, the, the defender's too, um, too advantaged and all of that, you know, I have to walk into their guns or whatever, and I'm just going to get torn to pieces. I think a lot of the time people act and talk like your VAPS start tapped. Yeah. And they don't. That's the thing. They don't. You actually have to go out and touch them. So even if you're, um, I guess, kind of blue player, if you're, if you're the person who has to get aggressive because you, your battle, uh, your army has less points, you don't have the tiebreaker. It's not like you have to waltz into their gun line once they're sitting and just getting ready for you. You can potentially harass them on that evaporator and make it hard for them to uh, attack it. So that's what I, part of what I mean about seizing your opportunity. Even if it's something else, somewhere else in the game, it, it, there's still going to be moments of like, hey, they've positioned that unit poorly, or they went first with this unit, and I can use this entire turn to try to pick off that unit before it can activate again next turn. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff, and I just think it's very... I, I like that style of gameplay. And there's also, too... The, the the aspect of okay they've tapped their vaps and they're falling back but can i annoy them enough that they have to keep falling back and then i can walk up and tap their vap because like nothing as much as people hate on vaps i want to see people argue that tapping your opponent's vap turn six for the win doesn't feel awesome dude that's one does. of the best feelings it's a great feeling um because you know they're like, oh, I don't want to lose this thing. I'll keep moving back, keep moving back. And you're just kind of inching closer. And then suddenly, before they know it, boom, you've taken their VAP. And again, the threat of you taking their VAP means they have to stay close enough that they could potentially lose something, and then you get to hightail it. But if you hightail it and mess up, then maybe they kill your thing, and then you have to reverse hightail it. And it's just these dynamics. It's... Um, there's just so much going on of like you can get punished for being too aggressive but you can get punished for being too conservative too so you're kind of always walking this tightrope that's yeah, why i like that and why so that uh, yeah it's that version of legion which i like which is maybe not the, it's not it's not the only way to play legion but i think that's what i fell in love with about legion and why i play it it's for those fine margins and that little yeah. tactical advantages from placement and taking the opportunities when they present themselves yes so, can I tell you what a better feeling is? Okay. Than tapping on VAPs, at least for me, mm -hmm. this is me personally, this is my opinion. A better feeling than tapping a VAP turn six mm -hmm. is not letting your opponent tap their VAP at all. Yes, that is a really good feeling. That's a really that's good, a really good that's feeling. That's how I like to play. Yeah. So, if you play me, I'm giving you away my tactics. That's okay. We're all here to Yeah, we've done a lot of that. That's fine. Um, but I play very aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I like VAPs because a lot of people just like to, like, they feel like they got to walk that tightrope and they got to play conservative and like, oh, it's going to come down to kill points. And I'm like, screw that. I'm mm -hmm. going all in <laughs> on your VAP. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm pretty aggressive on my VAP. Um, placement. Now, if we're playing Dark Troopers, I'm not going to do this. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just gonna, this is more for like, if, 
It depends on the list, okay? That's what the dark um, troopers do to you. They just plod, plod, plod along. Oh, look, there's evaporator. We might as well tap that while we're on our way not, to you know? also annihilating those fleshy Pretty beings much. over Pretty there. Pretty much. Yeah. So not really going to do this against dark troopers, but I think like... Like, I remember playing a game of apps and my opponent was setting up very conservatively and I'm like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go all in. So I think he placed a VAP probably like, it's probably like range two and a half, almost, mm-hmm. like almost three mm-hmm. from like my deployment. And I was like, I'm going straight in for that. Cause like I have Yoda, I have Chewie. And mm-hmm. like what I did was I just like set them up and I was pretty much just like, okay, if you bring a unit to touch your VAP, you are now, I think we've called it like the slingshot. You've given me a unit that Yoda can dive into and be safe mm-hmm. and then dive into yep. your rest of your army. So yeah, it's I like a staging that point. Way. It's a staging yeah, point. for sure. Yes. And so having, if the terrain sets up really good, I like to do that way. So having a conservative opponent against VAPS is really beneficial for me because then I just use it as a staging point and I say, and I, I kind of put the, you kind of talked about like walking a tightrope. I kind of like put them in a, in a position to where like they have to make a move and sacrifice a unit in mm-hmm. order to win the game. And mm-hmm. that's just my play style. Um, and that's just how I like to play it. I've done, I've done like the slow play and honestly it's slow. <laughs> like some people get mad. It at can me. be very slow, but it's like slow. Intercept can be slow. It Key can. positions can be slow. Hostage can be slow. Being slow true. isn't a unique to VAPs and isn't a reason to hate on it, haters. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have been like, oh, it's like it's it's like a tie game. Like um like you're always gonna start off tied, you know. Exactly. And but I'm like, you, but you don't. don't. You don't. You don't. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the aspects I really like about VAPs. So I VAPs is probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite deployments and i like how we both love it i mean not deployments uh, objectives for different Mm -hmm. reasons Um, we we love it for different reasons but i think we love it more than other people for the same reason in the sense that we recognize that it doesn't start tapped it doesn't and that's where a lot of the beauty comes in because what you say is exactly right it feels awesome when you just they don't even get a chance to tap it when when I first started playing Yoda arcs, um, before it was cool. When I was actually feeling like a hipster, um, I played a VAPS game against. It was like a, Yo- a Boba IG, lots of sniper gun line, and I had the tiebreaker. So technically speaking, I could sit back, but I know with even with arcs and Yoda and clones, like over the course of six turns, they can plinky plinky me. So I said, okay. I've got all this scout. I'll just shove it towards your VAP that has like not the, you know, there's less of your army over there. And they had to, it was like some shores and um, uh, a mortar and stuff and some other things um, over there. And it's just like, okay, well, if you want to go attack it, cool. But I'm attack. If you want to go tap your VAP, great, but I'm attacking you. And they had to say, okay, well, I guess we got to sit and attack now. And then they evaporate. And then they couldn't tap that VAP. And then it doesn't really matter um, if I lose something or, or whatnot, right? Like, it's just, you're putting them in a bind. No win situations. Uh, it's awesome. It's it is. It's really good. It's not also, yeah. boring. 
have you ever been in a situation where like vaps um to where they only to put a vap way far away and they put one unit (laughs) just to tap it (laughs) i love it i love it because my the speeders because i like running speeders they just go for Mm -hmm. that they're like okay they kill you before you you may get one tap in but like we're gonna take you up four Mm -hmm. or because the vaps have to start range one away yeah and you can't start in base contact which isn't a doesn't really change the action economy but if if they don't have scout or guidance or anything or pull the strings no unit unless they're speed three but most of your speed two units you know your rebel troopers your storm troopers your clones your b1s b2s whatever they're not going to be able to tap turn one because they can't get there they can't move tap so they got a double move and that means turn two they can't tap twice you can't do the same action twice uh so they only tap once so by turn three by the first activation of turn three, it's quite possible your speeders have burned them down if that's just a, a single unit. Because you just send everything there and shaboom, shaboom, shaboom. That's all she wrote. Shaboom. Or maybe, you know, before they even go act turn one, put a suppression on them. Now they can move. Um, next turn, they'd have to move tap. Oh, wow, they have another suppression on them. And that just buys you even more time. Yep. Yeah. So all of this to say, some pros and cons don't do. I would not recommend putting only one unit to tap a VAP. I generally, this is kind of Seth's tactics from Bombad Generals, generally like to have my VAPs closer to my army. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily far off, but Mm -hmm. so that it's defensible if... Mm -hmm. Like I lose someone or if like I lose a unit that I was planning on tapping that I can have another unit go and pivot to then tap the mm-hmm. vap. Yeah, that's even if that unit successfully taps and like returns to your army, mm-hmm. you don't want to have it so far away that it's like, oh, shoot, turn four and five. Yoda just speed rocketed over there. And now I. uh I just can't get there fast enough. Super good feeling to do, by the way. (laughs) Also a great feeling um, because you might just not have the actions to return to that VAP. I think it's very similar in a sense to our discussion about how close you place your your key positions. Because if you put them, if you try to put one so far in the back, so it's safer, it can actually kind of mess things up for you Mm -hmm. because it's, it can become a liability if you aren't able to capture it. Um, you know, VAPs, maybe maybe less so, maybe more so, kind of depends. How close do you like putting your VAPs? At a minimum, they're going to be range two because it's, yeah, they, they've got to be range two from each other. Um, are you always going as close as possible to kind of keep your army bunched? Yeah. Or are you spreading them out a little bit? Uh, mainly closer. Um, mm-hmm. just as a clone player, uh, closer. Um, and then trying to have my army just be in the middle of them too. Um, mm-hmm. depend, of course, this could all change depending on the terrain type and everything. I also generally like having it next to a terrain piece. So I have some line of sight blockers by that mm-hmm. as well. Um, the only times I think I've done it like farther apart is like an advanced position game where I'm playing mm-hmm. yep. deployment and I'm actually on the defense side. Normally, I'm actually going to like just pull back, like not like uh, so advanced position. You know, you can deploy way on the corner and then like mm-hmm. 
which advanced position VAPs try to never play that if you're on the offensive. That will be a slower game, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, just because there's so much distance between like mm-hmm. your deployment. And that again goes back to if you are going to be playing a VAP scheme, you do have some agency to determine the deployment potentially, which mm-hmm. means you can make sure things stay a little closer and maybe yep. it puts your opponent in a bind because, oh, I don't have a great spot to put my VAP. Um, if if you have to beat the aggressor, you probably don't want to play. Um, be, the further v- the VAPs start, the more likely it is that they can tap no consequences before you're able to threaten that VAP. Yep. Yep. So that I'm going to be maybe together. I'm generally going to try to stay within range, uh, right outside of range two. Uh, yeah. Usually for me, I would say... Um, I want it to be a bit beyond range two because I don't want a Jedi to come sit between the two VAPs and threaten both of them at once. That's fair. I don't want that to happen because then it's it's just a lot more work of like, ah, uh, uh, they're going to come in, force push, move around, body block, uh, 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 and they can go either way. Oh, no. Right? Like, I don't want that. Um, versus it's like, hey, if they're going to come and attack my VAP, you got to commit to one. Now it's going to be a little tougher these days with burst of speed because then, you know, they've got speed three potentially, and then you've got to be really far apart. So I don't know. Um, But that's just kind of a consideration of like the closer together, it's potentially a little easier for your opponent to threaten both. Yeah. But honestly, like I still deploy them at range two of each other one of quite a lot. So it's, it's not a big deal. Um, And then the other thing I guess I would say about, forcing the VAPs closer together. It doesn't happen very often, and especially not in a competitive environment. Um, but if you want a really fun game of VAPs, play like Battle Lines or Disarray or Hemmed In. Hemmed it's In VAPs. Crazy. That's crazy. Man. Disarray VAPs is nuts. Disarray I played against true. Johnny, um, who we've had on the podcast, friend of the podcast, teammate of ours Karmi on uh, Jar Jar Karma 5-5. Five, five. Um, I played a disarray VAPs game with him uh, probably, yeah, about a year, two years ago, uh, where the first VAP tap was him tapping my Vaporator because it's it was just a madhouse. That's nuts. Of, of where everything was going on. It's that's a good time. Nuts. And some people might be like, why are you putting battle lines in there? And that's because of the spacing. Depending on where they put their first VAP, you can set it up so that it's like enemy VAP, your VAP, enemy VAP, your VAP. So you're just kind of intertwined and it kind of creates these, it, it, those two VAPs in the center kind of are very contested and can be interesting. But like, yeah, hemmed in and disarray VAPs is a That's lot what I would talk about. Time. Like, how do, how do we, how do you manage like, um, a, like a aggro placement of your second VAP? Oh, like if someone, if someone like if you're going forward first, deploys to try, yeah, or you know, um, because like you can kind of force because of the range two thing, you can kind of force mm-hmm. your opponent on where they can place their VAP. It yeah, it depends. Um, it can be kind of tricky. I think usually it would be for more for the uh, uh, usually the like the first the first VAP that gets put down, it's an open board, mm-hmm. so it's going to be unlikely to you you can't really force anything when you when you've got an open board um the second vap might 
like in that battle line scenario, maybe uh, you can kind of force something in 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 that third vamp potentially two. So that it's kind of the second or third vamps that I'd be on the lookout. Yeah. Um, so you, you can kind of keep an eye out as to be on the aggressor. If you're trying to fend against that, I'd say, obviously, usually when you put your first vamp down, you kind of know where your second is going to be. You've sure. got a plan or maybe two viable locations. So you can, if, if you're going to put them in spot A and spot B, think, hey, if I put it in spot A, is there a way that they can mess up my VAT placement. That's that doesn't hurt them. Obviously, they could do something crazy that makes you do a weird VAT placement, but then their VAP is in a terrible position, so they're not going to do that. So kind of think like if I put if I put it in spot A, can they mess me up? Versus if I put it in spot B, can they mess me up? And then just put it in the first the whichever one they can't mess up, hopefully there's one, put it there first. And then just put yep. it in the other spot on your second deployment. I agree. Um so just kind of forward thinking there. But yeah, I think I think those kind of weird things can happen when you place more on the edge to start. I'd have to kind of really think through the scenarios because um, that's a good question. But if you place it more on the edge, just by virtue of being near the edge of the board, you're kind of zoning off a whole section because you can't go off the edge of the board. And then if the opposite direction is their VAP, then you kind of have nowhere but the other side of their VAP to go. So that would be the uh, the watch out there. Yep. But as I say, like those those kind of games don't necessarily happen all that much. They are very chaotic. Um, I think it might go back to our, our conversation about like I, it's a bit different. Chaos is a bit different than variants because there's definitely people that thrive in chaos more than others. I think. Yes. And I think Han players. I'm thinking about Han Solo players. <laughs> I, I mean Yoda players, Jedi it's players. I think generally guess. can thrive in chaos. Um, and like I think I, I like chaos and can thrive in chaos, but I think it's just a very dicey thing on a competitive level <laughs> to like yeah. to be planning. Like, hey, I I want to have a sab vaps game in you know round five of worlds or whatever when I need yeah. a win and. <laughs> want to create chaos and it's like uh, I don't know maybe I get a lot more nervous in that scenario that's fair that's fair mm. that's fair so I think some lists that are really good at VAPs honestly any like trooper centered lists I don't think vehicle lists are really great at it um, mm-hmm. because they can't tap the VAPs mm-hmm. they can threaten the VAPs as you they mentioned can they can threaten the VAPs but um, like I, I would say like a vehicle centered list is like a like a Double A-T-S-T. Here's the thing, though. Oh, okay. Here's the thing, though. Think of like a double... You said double A-T-S-T, but let's yeah. let's let's think about double A-A-T. A, okay. Detroit. Point of that list. Like, that's a vehicle list where you just have two big-ass vehicles shielding your army. It's fair. That they're hard to kill. And they have long range, so they can hit your opponent from long range. They can kind of shield your army where... So all your B1s just go and tap VAPs. And you'll probably win on kill points. The problem is, if you do lose a tank, you're you're not happy. And there's enough yeah. impact out there that maybe you lose a tank, but it's still pretty hard to kill a tank through eight repair, uh, which those lists bring. Um, so I think it's not necessarily terrible. But if if you're really trooper light, like if you're double, if you're like a, some sort of tempest or blizzard with uh, two ATST, three bikes, 
and yeah. just like bare bones core. Um, then you could be in a world of trouble potentially because you could just like run out of bodies to yeah. effectively protect and tap VAPs. Yep. I think like Aiden sniper lists are really good at VAPs because they can mm-hmm. do that tightrope really well. Um, and yeah, infinite range snipers just have to see something and then they can kill it and, and, yeah. and win on kill points. Yeah. So that's really, I think Yoda's good for both of the reasons we were saying. <laughs> Yoda's amazing because not only is he really, he can, he can double tap VAPs on his one pip uh, and he's fast, but guidance is just wild. Yeah. It can help get your guys to tap VAPs quicker and get them out of danger to shrink that window when you're vulnerable. Um, he can, if, if he's, you know, I was talking about having a Jedi between two uh, VAPs, but I mean, Yoda could be like on one VAP, but also have guidance to a guy on another VAP. Yeah. So he can you know, say, hey, well, I instead of me going move tap VAP, I can play my one pip, guidance a move, guidance a tap. Yeah. Um, so that opens up a lot of shenanigans. Um, honestly, lots of people should like VAPs. Gun lines? Yeah. Gun lines, like, if, if you can wallop people at range, if you can get that window, if you can get huge damage onto them in that window when they're trying to tap the VAPs, that's you really good. That. Yeah. But also, if you're an aggro list that can move up the board fast enough to harass them, um, then then you're also going to like VAPs. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Dropping, like, a full Black Sun unit right next to your opponent's VAP with an A. Or six of them or whatever, right? <laughs> Having <laughs> no, not a lot of trooper units in the game want to walk up and spend a couple turns tapping a VAP when six Black Suns or six Wookiees are charging at them. They're just kind of there true. like ding, ding, ding. Oh boy. Oh, uh-huh. here they come. Oh my. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so it's, it's flexible, honestly. Um, it's it's. I get that some people don't want to play it in a non eight hundred point list these days because it is still you know for all we talk about it is still definitely better to be the aggressor um, versus the the defense it's better to be the defender and yeah, not be the yeah. aggressor so you don't want to yeah. like have it in your deck and then be the one who's disadvantaged but i still find it hard to drop faps even I, even I when i'm running 797 795 what have you it's still i i don't know i feel comfortable playing it i guess at yeah, the end of the too. day so i don't mind hey if i got to be the aggressor like honestly there's a lot of situations where I'd kind of rather be, I'd rather play a VAPS game, a KG VAPS game, than a KG hostage exchange game. Because hmm. hostage can devolve into the same situation, yeah. but if they can yank that hostage out of dodge really fast, then eh, there's there's not a lot that, you know, it, it, that window shifts, right? You might have less window when they're exposed, in a hostage game compared to a VAPS game, and it might devolve into the same game state in the long term. So honestly, a lot of the time, I'd rather play sad VAPS. Yeah, but that's just me. That's a it's Yoda a both suck. He's going to mess you up in both. <laughs> this is true. Whatever. That's all I have to say about VAPS. 
That's all I got to say. I like it. You started us off on a much more positive note by asking why I love Fab. So I got to rant from a place of, of love of rather positivity. than a place of yeah. frustration. And that's good. That's good. But I, I made a always... New Year's resolution to be more, um, more, I don't know, uh, what's the good word for it? Controversial, crazy. I want to be more over the top on this podcast. That's what that's what people want, right? That's what draws people in. It's what gets the views. Yeah, hot takes, irrational, hot takes, uh, irrational love or hatred takes on AMG. Things. Yeah, and then um, people will listen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll, I'll I'll dip into that a bit. I'll look right <laughs> at the camera. Yeah. If you hate Vaps. Come play me at Worlds, all right? Yeah, let's let's throw down on Vaps. See see what happens. Well, maybe that's unfair because they don't the, they they hate that was Vaps. Very so they don't want to throw down on Vaps. That was very but, controversial. Yeah. You're a you're a hater, and I'll put you in your place. How about that? There we go. Watch me go O three day one at Worlds now. <laughs> yeah. Talking about oh yeah, I feel confident about having a skill advantage in a lot of games and then just get okay. wrecked. I'll just bring the we'll I'll bring the Star Wars deck building game. We'll just play that. Hey, I played a lot of that last Worlds. If yeah, I lose, did. I'll say I'll blame Seth for not giving me enough practice games. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bring it full circle. Yes. Blame yeah. me. I think I'm the sorry. Star Wars deck building game is getting an expansion, so that'll be exciting. Is it really? I just got it for Christmas, so I'm really. I think on like my second to last day in Canada before moving, I played Star Wars deck building game. It's, a, it's just a good, quick game. If you haven't played the deck building game, Star Wars, yeah, Fantasy Flight, right? Yes, Fantasy Flight. Yeah. Our old, our old overlords. Alma mater, or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um. But honestly, like, yeah, it's 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 very handy. Like, hey, you go to a because that's the thing with Legion. Like, maybe it's going to be two and a half hours. Maybe you're done your game in one, one and a half. Yeah, why not just sit down, play Star Wars Deck Builder for an hour? Why not? Why not? I came to the it's... store to play games today, so let's do it. Let's do it. Now we're truly off the track. So, all right. Um, stay a- a- attacking your. Stay aggressive, and stay gungan. This has been. The Bomb Bad Generals. Listening to Bomb Bad Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, misfigures, aim losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bomb Bad Generals is right for you.